We Went Blues is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Blues ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. You know when you go to buy these tickets on the app, you don't have to think about where where are these seats at or call a friend. Have you ever sat in section 122? What's the vantage point? No, you don't have to do that. With the GameTime app, you can actually see the panoramic view of what you're going to watch when you sit down in the seats to watch the game. The panoramic view is my absolute uh, favorite. So head to the App Store or Play Store now and download GameTime and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Welcome to We Went Blues, the podcast, episode seven, Barrett Jackman, the former Blues defenseman, myself, Jeremy Rutherford of the Athletic St. Louis. We are coming to you uh, in anticipation of this big Blues Colorado Avalanche matchup, the Avalanche 7-0-1, the hottest team in the league, number one in the standings. The Blues will get a chance to reset themselves, Barrett, after a stretch in which they've gone 0-2-2. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into uh, reasons why we think the Blues are struggling. But first, I want to know, last podcast, episode six, we talked about going to Detroit. Your son, Caden, had a tournament uh, up there. How did they do? Well, we had a, a great first uh, first day. We uh, we won 6-2 and then uh, beat the second team 10 nothing. And uh, boys got a little confident. And uh, uh, so Saturday morning, we had a uh, final match. We had to win or tie to uh, clinch first. And we ended up uh, 5-5 tie. And then on the uh, quarterfinals, we just uh, did not play all that well. We were... Uh, a little soft on our sticks, and the boys seemed like they ran out of gas a little bit. But uh, you know, it was fun, huh? You know, like I always say, the uh, the boys you can remember uh, hanging in the hotel and and uh, running around, uh, opposed to uh, you know what the results on the uh, on the ice were. But you know, a good thing came out of it. I got to get home. Uh, had a decent time yesterday for uh, for my daughter McKenna's eighth birthday, and uh, so you know, all in all, it was a successful weekend. That's good, McKenna, number eight. That's uh, that's terrific. And and we talked last week about being able to spend time uh, with your family now that you're retired and got to be there for those birthdays. So I'm sure uh, it was a fun day for you. Uh, Jax, I spent the weekend, I was at the Blues game at uh, Enterprise Center Saturday night against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the Blues uh, fall again. Um, you can read about the, the story I wrote. It's on the Athletic St. Louis right now, dissecting the Blues issues, the turnovers. They're too spread out, too many penalties. That's the headline. Uh, you can take a peek at that now. Uh, they're 3-0-1 to start out the season, the first four games. Since then, as I mentioned, 0-2-2 in the last four. Uh, not great early on, Jax. We talked about that. Uh, but they were coming up with the goals. I wrote a story about uh, their resiliency early on in the season, how you know, Toronto scores a goal, you come right back at them. Ottawa, same thing, come right back at them. Uh, but right now, as I mentioned in this in this piece, uh, they're just not playing tight as a group. And when you don't do that, a lot of bad things uh, can happen. Turnovers are going to happen. Uh, but what about the spacing issues? You practice every day. 
and it's amazing. You know, I watch uh, the players and they look like the Blue Angels on the ice, how close they are together. And, and, you know, it's not always about the fastest players on the ice, but as a team, as a five-man unit, how fast you move the puck. That's that's what a fast team is. Uh, the Blues aren't doing that right now. How does that happen? How do you get away from that game? Uh, I think it's just guys uh... – you know, I wouldn't say all on different pages, but, you know, one guy's thinking a half second ahead of the next and, you know, a play that is supposed to be, uh, you know, an automatic and, and uh, um, you know, moving that puck, uh, you know, around guys, guys, you know, maybe trying to make a play that's not there. And, and then, uh, you know, guys are uh, going all different directions. And uh, like you said, you know, I, I read your piece and, and watched the video and, you know, a lot of it is just, you know, guys too far apart, um, you know, guys not moving their feet when they're supposed to and, and uh, timing off. Uh, so, you know, when you start doing that, when guys start, uh, you know, squeezing the stick and maybe making mistakes and, and waiting for somebody else to pick you up, uh, uh, it just looks in disarray. And, uh, you know, I'm talking to some of the coaching staff uh, this morning at the pregame skate, it's... Uh, you know, it's just trying to get, you know, everybody to buy in and, and be heavy on their sticks and, and compete a little bit harder. And, uh, I know the guys are a little bit exhausted from, uh, you know, from the summer and, and you know, just a, a you know, exhausting first uh, couple weeks of the season. But um, they got to find a way to, uh, you know, right the ship and, and have a couple guys uh, really step up and be uh, vocal and energetic leaders on their team. I was listening to a, a former uh, St. Louis Blue, a friend of yours, Jamie Rivers, on the radio here in St. Louis, and he also talking about those spacing issues. A lot of times when you're that disarray that you're talking about, uh, you find teammates saying, hey, look over here, I'm, I'm open, as opposed to going to the puck and supporting it and making it easier on that player. So we, we all see it and we all know it's happening, but how can you correct it? Is it as simple as just going out on the ice tonight against Colorado and, 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 and given that support, I mean, it, can you just turn it on and, and play like that suddenly? No, uh, it's, it's hard to turn it on, but it's, um, you know, just kind of having, you know, guys do it shift after shift. Uh, um, you know, I think, you know, wanting the puck and demanding the puck is, is the biggest thing. You can't just be sitting there. Oh yeah, I'm open. And, you know, not be, uh, not be working to get open and, um, if you want the puck, you got to go over and you, you got to be in the sight line of the guy and, and be calling for it and, and demanding the puck. And, um, you know, you kind of see it out there. Guys are, are okay not to get it. And, you know, maybe they want the puck in front of the net, but they don't want the puck in the, uh, in the neutral zone. So, um, right now it's, it's just, uh, you know, that compete and compete consistently is, is the biggest thing. And, you know, we got to find some guys that are going to start that if it's the third line, uh, or the fourth line. And then, you know, those guys demanded out of the first and second line and, and, uh, you know, through the, uh, through the D line up too. And, um, you know, the stronger everybody plays and, and demanding that and, and doing their job, uh, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not a, a group of superstars. It's a it's a group of hardworking uh, uh, people, and I think Bowmeister, uh, you know, made some comments the other day that uh, you know they aren't superstars. They're they're a good team, and and they can only be a good team when when everybody's playing hard and and playing uh, uh, towards the same goal. 
Yeah, when Jay Boomeister said that we're uh, we're a good team, we're not a team with a, a few superstars. I wonder uh, what Vladdy Tarasenko thinks about that comment. But uh, you're you're right. That's how they won is uh, is playing together, playing that team game. We saw it the second half of last year. It has not been there this year. Uh, Jax, another thing I talked about in the piece is the uh, the penalties. The Blues have taken 22 penalties this season. It's the seventh fewest in the NHL, so not a ton. Uh, but we mentioned that 3-0-1 start. Uh, they didn't take a lot at the beginning of the season, but here lately, this 0-2-2 stretch, uh, 16 of those minor penalties, 16 of the 22, have come in this stretch. That does include the questionable Robert Thomas goalie interference and the bench minor on Craig Ruby for arguing. So if you want to throw those two out, I get it, but that's still 14. Uh, that is too many. On Hockey Night in Canada, this week, the coach's corner with Don Cherry. Grape said that the Blues are playing rough and tough hockey like they did in the playoffs, and that may not suit them well in the regular season. Let's listen to what Grapes had to say. John, the St. Louis Blues, Stanley Cup champs, got out of the gate good, but they're not playing well now, and they, you're saying their game's off because? They cannot play uh, a regular season like they play the playoffs. Power play today, two power plays against them. They, they, they don't block the shots the same. The game is not the same, and they're trying to play the game like they do in the playoffs. Tough, honest, good hockey. No, you got to play the sweetheart game, and they're going to have to lay off because the penalties are killing them. They're killing the game before. Right. They're playing a rough, tough hockey. Wait till the playoffs and do that. The penalties are killing the Blues. Uh, the penalty kill was really good, uh, Jacks, early in the season. It hasn't been as good of late. We saw the other night Montreal a couple seam passes uh, right through the PK, slicing them up and scoring. Um, you know, I'll ask you what you think about Grape's comments in a second, but uh, my own two cents, the Blues last year, second half, into the playoffs, rough tumble game, big team, physical team. Um, they were playing that way. Uh, but what I see right now, these penalties that they're taking, three of the five against Montreal – were uh, tripping penalties. Uh, David Perron, offensive zone uh, trip. Alex Petrangelo with a kneeing penalty that led to a power play goal. So I get where he's coming from. You can't play like that in the regular season, put the other team on the power play if you expect to win. It's a different game in the playoffs. But I just don't see the Blues playing that rough style that he's talking about. Yeah, uh, you know, I kind of disagree with, with Grapes as well. Um, you know, tripping penalties and hooking penalties, It's it, it, they're kind of considered uh, lazy penalties, especially in the offensive zone. Uh, you know, there's these the few that uh, you, you kind of get your stick tangled up in a guy and he falls down or, or something like that. They're, you know, just accidental. But uh, if if you're taking a penalty because you're not moving your feet and, and working to get over top and uh, over top of the puck and, and, you know, you know, backtrack and things like that, then you know, you, you kind of get reaching and, and, you know, you're, you're not, uh, getting that body contact. And if you're getting penalties for, uh, you know, for, for boarding or, or elbowing or interference, uh, because you hit somebody a little bit uh, later, a little bit early, then, um, you know, those are things that you can typically, you know, go out and kill and find that energy because, uh, you are playing tough and you are playing, uh, playing physical, but, um, yeah, I, I think the, the Blues really do need to kind of get back to the basics where you try and, uh, you know, play a heavy, uh, heavy game and, 
and uh, you know get some energy in that and, and you know some hits and uh, um, you know a few scrums and and just kind of show that uh, you're willing to go that extra mile to uh, to beat the team and and maybe kind of discourage them uh, physically and say hey you know this Blues team is is playing like they did in the playoffs and um, you know if we lose to them then and kind of shy away from that physical stuff then then maybe it's okay and we'll move on to the next game yeah and conversely uh, drawing penalties uh, when I looked it up the other day, I think the Blues had drawn the fifth fewest penalties in the league. So you're not giving your chance, uh, your power play, a chance to get on the ice. Uh, you know, the power play at that point operating at a pretty good clip. Uh, but if you're not getting out there enough, uh, you can't score those goals. Uh, and, you know, of course, that always comes back to how hard are you skating? How hard are you playing? Are you making the other team come after you and take penalties that they don't want to take against you because you're playing so hard? So to me, it's a situation where, where you know, we're disagreeing with Grapes. Uh, you know, the Blues aren't playing that type of style that's getting them in trouble like they did in the playoffs. It, it's the opposite. And then uh, they're not playing as hard uh, with the puck that's uh, that's creating those power play opportunities. Well, Barrett, you know, sometimes when you take too many penalties and you're not playing well, it could be because, you know, you're just physically, mentally fatigued. You know, I know it's early in the season and we're not trying to make excuses here, uh, but you had the ring ceremony in Toronto on what could have been a day off. You had the White House visit on what could have been a day off. These aren't days that the team's on the ice, so there's not, you know, playing and being out on the ice and, and that type of physical fatigue, but it's been a while. Do you think any of that, just this wear and tear that the Blues have gone through the past uh, few weeks, um, can be a factor. They're finally going to get a day off uh, tomorrow after uh, tonight's game against Colorado. Is that a factor at all? No, oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you look. I, I think it's been 17 days that uh, they've uh, they've all been together. Um, you know, and and not uh, away from the rink or or uh, on an airplane or on a bus and or, or at a uh, you know a ceremony to have to do with the cup. And um, I'm sure these boys. Uh, you know, enjoy everything that's come with the uh, with the cup win. But you know, I said it before; they're they're looking to get past it. I think they want to have a day where you know, mentally and, and physically, they just get away from the rink and um, you know, kind of reset the uh, the mind and and get that fire back in uh, in their bodies. And tonight's going to be a huge test uh, uh, to play uh, play a Colorado team that has been just on fire and and uh, you know, scoring goals and. So it's going to take a good team effort uh, from the boys, uh, you know, defensively, and and you know they're going to have to score some goals, and so you know hopefully they show up tonight and they put their best effort in and and get the win, and then uh, you know are rewarded with that day off tomorrow and and reset the mind and body and and uh, you know they, they might need a couple of those days off to uh, to truly uh, you know feel re-energized, but this is also uh, you know part of the uh, you know the the mental uh, grind that the guys are going to have to go. through through and and uh you know find ways uh, you know each and every night to you know if you're not on top of your game you got to contribute uh, one way or another whether it's the penalty kill blocking shots or or just cr- creating energy uh uh th- you know up and down the lineup so um you know the day off tomorrow will be great and uh but you know the boys are gonna you know be looking at uh, a tough task tonight Barrett, it's funny, uh, as a reporter, you go into that locker room and you know the Blues have had a stretch like this where they haven't had a day off. And there's only a few things that the players can't talk about. You know, they can't complain, hey, I'm hurt, I'm banged up. But the other thing they can do is say, hey, we're tired. So what's it like to be a player there where you, you know everybody in the locker room behind closed doors is saying, gosh, we need a day off. But when the media comes in with the mics, um, you, you can't say that. you got to kind of zip your lip there. 
Yeah, you, you do. You know, you start complaining as a professional athlete that you need a day off, and uh, there's going to be a lot of people that tell you to quit complaining. And uh, but uh, yeah, it, it is a grind, and, and the coaches are thinking about it. They're you know they have their schedule for the whole year, and um, they're they're checking the pulse. Uh, Chief is talking to uh, you know Petro and and Bo Meister and Steen, and you know some of the other guys, and um, you know the older guys, and and then you know the young guys too to try and get a pulse of what everybody needs needs uh, uh on a day-to-day basis game-to-game basis and um but yeah it, it, you definitely uh you know you talk about you complain uh you know if, if you didn't complain about something then uh you know there's uh then then you're not really uh you know doing enough but um yeah the, everybody in that room knows and the training staff and and the equipment guys are all you know working uh, you know tirelessly to to make sure everybody's in the on the same page and and ready to uh to compete every day and um but yeah they're gonna get that uh sorted out here and, and get some days off and uh you know get uh, get that energy level back up one thing that you can uh, touch on too uh, being on an NHL bench for so many years, and it might not be as noticeable as the spacing issues or the uh, penalties. Everybody can can watch a game and, and see that. Uh, but the life on the bench. Last year we saw when the Blues team got down or, or things weren't going well, Barrett, uh, you had a guy like Pat Maroon who could step, step up and say, come on, boys, you know, let, let's get that goal back. Let's go. You know, I'm not saying you have to have uh, Pat Maroon, but you need somebody on that bench to be the, the lively person, to be animated, uh, to be talking. And uh, I don't know who that is on the Blues right now. I'm not saying that there isn't a player. I'm in the press box. I'm not going to pretend to know what's being said on the bench. But we've seen a few cases this year where the Blues have given up uh, two goal leads. It's happened uh, three times. And it, you look at the bench, and it doesn't look like much is going on. You know, who can be that player? Is it absolutely necessary that you have one and what's it like to have a guy when you're sitting next to a Pat Maroon and he's talking you up do, do you need that does it work yeah it all depends you know in the past we've always had those uh those energy guys that uh, um you know like a BJ Crom being that uh, you know was a physical player but also on the bench he was a guy that uh, you know kind of you know in the dressing room he was fooling around but on the bench he was he was always yapping and um you know a Ryan Reeves comes to mind and a Pat Maroon and but you know every time one of those guys have left then there's been somebody that's picked it up and and you know maybe it wasn't uh you know it didn't come naturally right off the bat but um that's you know that's part of the the next man up mentality and and you know growing as a player too you know maybe it's a uh uh, you know uh, uh, Oscar Sundquist or um, you know, maybe Joel Edmondson or, uh, sorry, Bertuzzo gets, uh, he gets going a little bit more and, um, you know, and maybe, uh, you know, Falk, if, if he's comfortable with that, maybe he starts to, uh, you know, be that rah-rah guy and, and be more, uh, more vocal. So, um, you know, it, it doesn't always come naturally and, and maybe you have to get out of your comfort zone, but there'll be somebody that steps up and, and be that guy and, um, you know. You, know, you got you got one of the best energy guys ever, uh, you know, behind the bench and and uh, uh, Steve Ott. But uh, you know, as a coach, players aren't going to listen to him, so somebody's going to have to step up and uh, and and be that uh, the energy guy. Yeah, one of the memorable incidents that got so much attention because you have the cameras and the microphones on the ice for the Stanley Cup Finals is uh, Pat Maroon when he told the Boston players, uh, "Hey, you're effed, you're effed," and I think the the. The Blues teammates got a lot of juice out of that, and I think the people who make the T-shirts uh, made some money off it. I saw a lot of those T-shirts. 
at the Blues Parade. But the one thing is, Barrett, if you're going to do stuff like that, if you're Pat Maroon, you're going to skate over to the Boston bench and, and say something like that. You've got to be able to back it up. And he knew that he could do it. You had Joel Edmondson on the ice as well. Some nights you had Robert Bortuzzo. The Blues, you look at them, you don't know if they have anybody, first of all, to go initiate that kind of uh, talk. And second of all, you know, if the opponent does respond, you know, who's going to back it up? So, you know, I know you and I, we're not going to sit here and say that uh, the Blues need somebody to, to drop the gloves. Uh, but that has been a question this week at practice. Uh, the Blues are one of nine teams in the league that don't have a fighting major. We're talking after eight games. Uh, by the way, you'll never guess who leads the NHL in fighting. Let me give you a, a, a guess or two at uh, who's at the top. Oh, let me guess. Calgary. And since you're shocked, I'm maybe a Tampa. You got one of them right. That's uh, Tampa. That's a shocker to me. Uh, Tampa tied at the top of the uh, fighting majors. That's uh, hockeyfights.com. Uh, they're tied with Colorado. Both have four apiece. Uh, speaking of which, the Avs in town tonight, Matt Calvert. Watch out for him. He has uh, two fights. But like I said, the Blues, one of nine teams in the league without a fight. And I don't think that should surprise anybody. I don't think if they have three fights uh, to date right now, that means an extra win. Not saying anything like that. But, Barrett, we knew when the Blues lost Maroon and they traded uh, Joel Edmondson to uh, to uh, Carolina, he had a big fight the other night, by the way, uh, that they were losing some muscle. And with Bortuzzo not playing every night, he's in there tonight, Gunnarsson out with uh, an injury, uh, he'll miss the game, that this might be an issue. Uh, but, you know, is that the type of thing that would jumpstart the way the Blues are playing? I don't think it necessarily is. Craig Berube was asked at yesterday's practice if he was surprised uh, that the Blues haven't had a fight yet, and here's what he had to say. That you've played eight games and there hasn't yet been a fight on ice? Has that surprised you or no? No, not at all. I don't, that's not what we're looking for. That doesn't, you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, that's not what I'm talking about when playing hard. And, you know, it's just, it's doing all the little things right to win a hockey game. How do you get When, the, when we do that, we'll yeah. win a lot more games. How do you get the discipline to avoid <clears throat> these the silly penalties? Just don't take them. Or a lot of them, maybe a little the, retaliation. Yeah, maybe some guys giving the you a little. Yeah, frustration stuff. more than anything. I think a lot of times, and that's you know, you, that, the frustration levels is uh, probably a little bit up in our lineup right now. You know, with certain things and, and people, um, we just got to get through that. You know, we got to get through that. That frustration doesn't help anything. Barrett, uh, the frustration doesn't help anything, and so far it has not boiled over. We're talking about a coach who uh, ranks seventh in NHL history in penalty minutes. All you got to do is YouTube Craig Berube and fights. You probably don't even have to type fights in, just Craig Berube, and you're going to find some YouTube clips. Like this guy used to sling him, and I'm sure uh, he doesn't mind having a player on his team who can do that. But first and foremost, he wants this team to play the game the right way, the way, the way they did the second half of last year uh, into the playoffs. And I think he's sincere when he's saying that, that, uh, you know, he's not surprised that there hasn't been a fight, nor does he think that a a fight uh, tonight against Colorado or in the future uh, is going to solve things. Uh, You've been on the bench, you've been in games where you guys needed a jolt and there's been fights that got you going. Uh, There's been other times where you probably didn't think it was, necessary just what do you think about the topic and and what do you think uh you know the the blues are at in regards to that 
Yeah, when you have uh, a third or just under a third of the uh, of the teams in the NHL, and you know that's my math genius right there, uh, nine out of the thirty-one. But um, when you have uh, you know fighting's down all across the league, uh, you know the game is not as physical as it used to be. So there's not as many uh, you know big open ice hits that. Uh, you know, a teammate's coming for the, uh, you know, to stick up for, uh, for a guy that got, you know, run over. And there's, there's not a lot of those, uh, you know, natural, uh, you know, battles in front of the net that turn into a, uh, uh, into a fight. So I, you know, the, the fact that the, uh, the fighting is down is, is not surprising. And the fact that the blues don't have one, uh, yet in the season is, is not surprising as well. Um, you know, would it, in the heat of the battle, would it, would a fight maybe get the the bench up? Yeah, but um, you know, like you know, Chief said, it's it's about competing. It's not about fighting. It's about you know, outworking the opposition, um, getting in you know with your body and and winning puck battles. And and that's just something the Blues haven't really done a lot of uh, uh, in, the, in this. Uh, you know, o two and two stretch. It's it's about you know outworking, out competing, getting your nose dirty, and 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 winning those little battles and doing it consistently throughout a game. Uh, if you do it for one period, that's that's not enough. You you have to do it for uh, for three periods and and in overtime if 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 needed. But uh, it's not about the fighting. It's about you know the uh, you know the buy in, the the compete level, and and you know just uh, you know grinding things out as a team just for the sake of uh you know people who like this uh, discussion it, we we agree that it's not an issue right now do you think Jax, it could be an issue for this team moving forward you know at some point during the year there's going to be times where you need to drop the gloves and we know that you know braden shen can do it robert bortuzzo uh certainly uh, but do you think that could crop up as an issue this season um you know, you know, it might, uh, you know, are they going to have to look at somebody in the minors that, uh, you know, could possibly, you know, drop the gloves and, and be more of a physical presence or, you know, make a trade for that. I, you know, right now it's, it's not a problem uh, about toughness. It's, it's about the, uh, you know, the team game. That's not uh, good enough right now. You, you know, maybe when you get to the playoffs, uh, you know something like that but you know it wasn't a lot of fights last year in the playoffs either so um you know it, it's about team toughness and and that's you know that's that's being tough to play against and um you know the re- resiliency that uh you know it was talked about in the first few games uh of the blues is is toughness and and that's what discourages uh the opposition and and uh you know in the last four or five games they just haven't had that and uh, and and once they correct that then they'll see if they need uh, some more uh, you know physical toughness but bottom line this team needs to play better uh, needs to support uh, each other like we talked about earlier in terms of uh, supporting the puck uh, needs to play better defense and needs to get a few guys up front uh, going and a fight might pump these guys up for five minutes but after that you're still going to do some of the have to do some of the things that the blues are not doing right now well jack's talking about a call-up uh, from the minors, you lead into uh, our five for five segment. This is where we ask Blues defenseman Barrett Jackman, who wore number five so proudly after uh, all those years that Bobby Plager wore it, uh, five questions. And we give it to Twitter and to athletic subscribers to ask these questions. I sent out a tweet today, Jackson, to have five for you. So we'll tee him up and 
and get your answers. Uh, talking about the call-up, who will be the first forward to come up if someone gets injured uh, or sent down? So we're kind of just speculating here. Obviously, it depends on, on who gets hurt or who isn't performing well in terms of uh, what type of player uh, you want to call up. Nathan Walker is a guy who's off to a, a terrific start uh, for the San Antonio Rampage. He's an undersized guy but has some skill. Uh, but Jordan Nolan, if the Blues need somebody to come up and bring some physicality, uh, you know you can count on him too. Uh, before we get your answer, I just want to update fans. Also, uh, Jordan Cairo. Just practicing with the team, not playing. Uh, don't know when he's going to get on the ice in terms of a game situation, uh, recovering from that kneecap injury. And Clem Costin, after the uh, great camp with the Blues, sent down. He's had his moments, uh, but just been so-so. So I don't know that Costin's a guy that you bring up uh, right now. Uh, you watched a little bit of uh, training camp, and you know the veteran Jordan Nolan. Uh, if the Blues do have an injury, who do they call up? Yeah, uh, you know, like you mentioned, they – it all has to do with uh, what type of need and, and what hole they need to fill. Uh, um, yeah, Jordan Nolan's a, a guy that's uh, – he, he's got toughness. Uh, he plays with an edge, and uh, but he was more of a, a third, fourth-line guy. And uh, uh, But if they're looking for that toughness, he might be the guy that comes up. Uh, Austin Pognanski is, is another guy that uh, – you know, plays a big, heavy game, and uh, has got a little bit of a touch for uh, uh, for for a pretty big kid. But um, Clint Costin, you know, you love how he uh, how he played in training camp, but it just seems like uh, in the American Hockey League, he just hasn't been uh, been able to uh, you know get in the in the coaches uh, you know top two lines and and you know really uh, you know become the dominant player that the, uh, all the scouts and and Doug Armstrong uh, you know feel. Like he can be, but um, yeah, there, there's so many guys that uh, you know you, you hope to have potential. But you know, between Costin, uh, you know Walker, I, I think is uh, you know the, with the hot start he's had and and his skill level would be uh, you know a top two line guy and and maybe that first uh, first call up as well. That question comes from Connor. Thanks a lot, Connor. Question number two and five for five for Barrett Jackman. Now, Jax, um, you're going to have to draw on your years of uh, NHL experience here. I, ho I hope you've done some prep work in terms of uh, your stats, knowing all your stats. Uh, question number two, Thomas, he's coming at you with this one. He wants to know who would win a fight between RoboCop and Inspector Gadget. So I hope you're uh, you're ready for this one. Oh, wow. Um yeah, you know what? Inspector Gadget was one of my shows <laughs> when I was growing up. So, uh, um, yeah, he seems to mess everything up, though. I feel like he uh, he blew himself up in every episode. But uh, so I, I'm gonna have to go with RoboCop on that one. He's just too <laughs> tough, and uh, you know, he's, he he never backs down for uh, uh, for Inspector Gadget to uh, to beat on. I think. Uh, thanks for bringing the heat, Thomas. We need uh, we need questions like that. <laughs> thanks a lot. Uh, number three, uh, this one comes from uh, Jordan. He says, uh, is there a discernible atmosphere around the team and Jake Allen's performance? Just with the eye test, it seems like a different team when Jake is playing. Maybe it's just me. Uh, Barrett, probably a reference here to uh, Saturday's game, the most recent example where uh, Jake uh, let in a tough goal, and hey, you know, things happen, but this was a tough one for sure. Gave Montreal a 2 nothing lead, a shot by Gallagher uh, from the blue line. Uh, and then after that, it just seemed like the Blues were deflated. So I know it's the in vogue popular thing to do is is criticize Jake Allen, especially with the way that Jordan Bennington has played uh, the last year and, and a month here. Uh, but uh, with Jake Allen, do you think there's a di difference in the atmosphere 
around the team when he plays, and maybe you can compare it to uh, other netminders where teams felt like there was that difference. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to say there's a you know a huge difference, but you know sometimes when there's a tough goal, it it, it is uh, deflating for the team. But uh, Jake is under such a huge microscope from uh, from a lot of people, and everything he does uh, does right, uh, you have to expect it, and anything he does wrong is going to get absolutely uh, uh, dissected and and, uh, and and blown up and. Um, you know, it, it is, uh, you know, professional sports and, uh, you're, you're judged on your results and, uh, you know, the beginning of last year, Jake had a tough time and, uh, but he'd really turned around in the second half and, you know, he was, uh, he was the backup to Bennington, but, you know, he came up some huge, uh, huge game, huge games down the stretch and, uh, but this year, yeah, he's, he's had a tough start and, you know, he's feeling the heat, I'm sure, um, that he has to, uh, uh, you know, be a very reliable guy that uh, is only going to get a game every every two weeks. So, um, yeah, I, I think the guys really care for him and they, they want to play well in front of him. But, you know, sometimes I think the, the players in front of him are feeling the heat as well and uh, and they're just not playing as, uh, as free and, and the team has struggled a lot a little bit. So um, to answer the question... Uh, I'm sure there's a little bit different feeling when when Jake's in net, but I don't think it's a uh, deflating and you know a a non-confident uh, you know type of uh, game that they're they're playing. Thank you, Jordan. Hope that answers your question. We'll go to Jared with question number four for Barrett Jackman in our five for five segment. What is something you'll never forget playing in the NHL, Jax? Ah, jeez. Um, it would. Probably just getting into the league and uh, playing, you know, next to to Al McKinnis and then, you know, playing against uh, these superstars that I idolized uh, growing up and um, and also just being a fan of the game. And, you know, over the years, um, playing against very special players uh, like a Pavel Datsuk or playing against Sidney Crosby or, um, you know, Ovechkin and uh, Nick Lidstrom, uh, just being in a professional hockey league, professional sports league, uh, like I dreamed, uh, you know, growing up and uh, playing against some of the best players in the world. So that, that was just kind of the greatest thing, uh, competing against the best and, and measuring yourself. And, um, you know, so that was kind of uh, uh, just something that was unreal to me and, uh, you know, never uh, uh, never got old, even, uh, you know, last year in the league when I'm playing against uh, – you know, guys like Connor McDavid and, uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, bright young players that were coming up. What he meant to say, Jared, was uh, being interviewed by a certain reporter all those years <laughs> who asked uh, great questions, insightful questions, yeah. and uh, wrote unbelievable articles is what Jack's meant to say about uh, playing in the NHL. And, ha- and handing out mints to a lot of these guys. <laughs> you had a bet with your uh, good friend TJ Oshie during the baseball playoffs when the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, our team, yeah, your team, my team, were taking on the Washington Nationals where TJ plays now in Washington uh, for a round of golf and dinner. Uh, since he won the bet, where are you going to take him? Mark wants to know the answer. Uh, well, 
he uh, I, I invited him to come up to uh, to my place up in uh, in Idaho where I go for the summer in uh, Gaza Ranch and uh, I'm gonna cook him uh, cook him dinner and uh, play around a golf uh, uh, at uh, the golf course up there so that's uh, what we have uh, planned for uh, for hopefully July and uh, so it's uh, it'll be fun to see him and uh, his family and uh hopefully a new little boy uh will be with him yeah he was in town the other day and uh, he's excited about that uh, boy uh coming to the family after a couple girls well jacks i'm sure that uh, blues fans would like to hear from tj oshi so one day we'll have to get him as a guest on the podcast and to the subscribers please let us know who you'd like us to interview we'll we'll try to make it happen um you when i tweet the link to the podcast you can uh, reply to it and throw out some guests that you'd like to hear from on the podcast. I'm sure Barrett Jackman still keeps a, a Rolodex, uh, doesn't have them on his phone, but probably a, a Rolodex he can flip through and dial up these guys and we'll get them on the podcast for an interview. How's that sound, Jax? That sounds awesome. I've already got a couple guys that have reached out and said they'd do it. Uh, maybe a Ryan Reeves, Chris Butler, or TJ Oshi. So uh, guys like that are, uh, you know, guys that are kind of off the wall that, uh, people would like to hear from will uh you know bribe them with something to uh to get them on the air oh all three of those guys sound great that's terrific well this was episode seven of we went blues and this is the uh, free podcast that you can get anywhere you uh listen to your podcast uh, we might do some of those interviews on our exclusive podcast on fridays uh, which uh, you need to be a subscriber to. So hurry up and get that subscription. You can go to theathletic.com. You can hear all the podcasts, uh, including the one on Friday, and you never know. Maybe you'll tune in one of these weeks and we'll hear from Ryan Reeves, TJ Oshie, uh, Chris Butler. But for today, had a lot of fun, Jax. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you at the game tonight. Blues Colorado, it's a big one. Hottest team in the league as the Blues try to reset themselves. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you on Friday.